Welcome back to the Relationship Mentors podcast. In this episode, we're going over the three levels of intimacy that you need in your relationship, overcoming trust issues and jealousy, and what happens when one of you checks out of the relationship. And once again, I'm joined by Mia Cherry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you. So first up, before we get into the juicy topics, we're going over what happened during this week. So what was your favorite moment for the week and what was your biggest frustration? I was at the top of my head. The first thing that comes to mind since we were just talking about it would be last week we set a bet, like we went and played basketball mm. and we placed a bet of saying whoever lost basketball basketball would have to make the bed for a week and since I make the bed every single day I had nothing to lose but everything to gain and so my favorite part of this week was getting to start the day by not making the bed nice that was your biggest frustration then biggest frustration I think I did mention it last podcast was, was like really being consumed a lot by work and everything that I was doing in my day today was really consumed by work and so even though I've improved that this week, I feel like I've realized yesterday that I need to have like scheduled time where I don't think about work or I'm not reading a book on education and just like yeah. really just being present without always, like I'm always willing to expand my knowledge, which I love that. And I feel like that benefit, my clients see that benefit within our courses and within our coaching. Mm. However, having just time for me to be me at the stage that, that I am now every day is... You probably produce way higher quality work as well mm-hmm. when it's not forced, when you're actually sitting back, filling your own cup up and then coming back to work. Yeah, exactly. Love that. It kind of resonates with me too. My favorite moment was last night we were sat down by the creek on the Gold Coast here and I just, we were just reading a book for like two hours, just in nature, reading the book forgetting time exists like that's my favorite moment when you do things that forget time exists and how much I love reading and I haven't been doing enough of it lately to how much I want so definitely reading by the creek last night was my favorite moment and biggest frustration um making the bed every morning (laughs) so we played basketball and the game is called pig so you have three lives and if one person hits and the other person misses you lose one life and Mia's better than me at basketball, I'd say. So I lost that game. And the bet was, has to make the bed for a whole week. So I've been making the bed every day this week. And usually I make, get out of bed earlier than Mia. So I don't usually make the bed because she's out later. But Even if it's just five minutes, it, I still have to always make the bed. Yeah. And then even off the off chance, which isn't that often, if I like quickly run out of bed before Charlie does, so he's the last one in bed, he'll just not make it. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, that's my biggest frustration. Right, let's get into the intimacy, three levels of intimacy. Why is intimacy important in a relationship? What even is intimacy? Great question. So (laughs) intimacy overall, there are three types of intimacy within a relationship. So the first one is like physical intimacy, Mm -hmm. which most people know what intimacy is. Then you also have intellectual intimacy, which is getting like the knowledge dump. Yeah, sharing <laughs> your thoughts and opinions. Exactly. And then, so wait, there was physical and then emotional intimacy, which is where I, I would say this is what it feels like when we sit down on the podcast together. Yeah. Like I feel like we have an emotional intimacy through this time because we're just sharing our opinions with each other. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. Yeah. That's what's been great about the podcast. Just We just sit down and chat anyway. Mm-hmm. And this is more of an intentional one where we sit down every single week and we have this conversation and then we just get to chat and then 
you listeners love being nosy and listening in on what we get up to so it works well yeah the podcast is such a time for us to intentionally speak to with each other yeah with about the knowledge that we already have because a lot of our work conversations are about what we're doing now and what we can grow in and what we can improve on yeah but the podcast is simply our knowledge right now yeah and the three levels of intimacy it's really important because a lot of people only think about physical intimacy and within physical intimacy a lot of people only think about sexual intimacy and it goes way deep in that because a lot of people's love language is physical touch. They love being touched, right? And it's important in a relationship to top up that throughout the day. Like from the moment you wake up, it's your responsibility to top up the intimacy. Something Mia says, and I love it, it's like sex starts in the morning. As soon as you wake up, that's when sex starts. That's when the foreplay starts in a way because you're always building up that intimacy throughout the day. It's not like ignore your partner throughout the whole day and then all of a sudden, she should want to sleep with me. Like, nah, it doesn't work like that. Like so many guys, uh, so many guys, ex-clients and stuff, they're like, my partner doesn't want to sleep with me. It's like, cool, what have you done to impress her throughout the day? Nothing, she's been this, she's been that. Like, no wonder she doesn't want to sleep with you if you just ignored her all day or believe she's cranky, believe she's annoying or sensitive. Like you've got to build up that intimacy throughout the day. So from the moment you wake up, it's your responsibility to build up that intimacy. And physical intimacy is just one part of that. Yeah, exactly. And even on that topic that you were just talking about, it's like even if your partner says a small question or makes a small statement, if you ignore that statement to her, that is a step away from emotional intimacy. Mm. So like just because you're busy getting ready for work and you're like, oh, we'll have physical intimacy later on tonight when I, we get back from work. If you're ignoring all of her emotional bids for connection in the morning throughout the day... you are neglecting her emotional intimacy that she's having, where Mm. she's needing to have that cup full for her to even want to be physically intimate with you, generally. Yeah, Yeah, it's like men need warming up physically. Women need warming up emotionally Mm. to the point of wanting to have sex. And there's things that shut down intimacy as well, like when your girlfriend feels unseen, if she feels unloved, if she feels misunderstood, like all these things make shut down intimacy in your woman, basically. So it's really important to avoid those things by actually giving her attention, making her feel seen, and actually recognizing the bids for connection they're called. Like those little things like, hey, look at that bird when you're driving. Like, what do you do? Do you actually pay attention? Do you look at the bird or do you just ignore her? All these little things are bids for connection. And there's hundreds of them throughout the day. Like Mia will come up to me and she'll try and pop a spot on my back. And she's like, oh, that's my bid for connection, though. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. You're just being annoying. Definitely. But it genuinely is, though, hey. Yeah, it's like, I feel like it's a, in that moment, it's not a bid for connection. But when you get angry and, like, push me away because I'm, like, hurting you, that hurts my K, um, K being, like, my emotions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then I get yeah, upset when you do that because I feel further away from you. Yeah. So there's so many ways to top up that intimacy. And a huge part is emotional intimacy. And... A big part of that is actually sitting down and talking to your partner every single day, like having a conversation, catching up on each other's lives, checking how she felt throughout the day, how he felt throughout the day. If there's anything that's on his mind, if there's anything that's stressing her out, everything, just unload the stress and the weight from your mind. And that's one thing that's such a cock block in relationships and for intimacy is when there's shit on your mind, when there's an unresolved argument or if they're carrying a weight of stress in their mind, they're not going to be turned on. So 
with the intimacy, it's so important to build up our emotional intimacy by talking every day. The physical intimacy, there's so many small things you can do every day. Just holding hands, cuddling, kissing, slap a bum when you're walking past. There's so many little ways you can top up the physical intimacy, which isn't sexual. Yeah, going back, because you jumped into two of them there, I'm jumping back to the emotional intimacy. Yes, it's like talking, making sure what is weighing them down and talking about that. But sometimes it's just literally a normal conversation. I feel like once you're in a relationship, in a long-term relationship, you actually start to forget or not acknowledge your partner as much of simply asking them, how was your day? Like if you're on a first date, you would ask, how was your day? And then you'd ask more questions to know about their days, mm, like specific in. questions. Like how's this person going? How's this situation going? And actually having a normal conversation where you're simply asking to hear rather asking a question to ha- give a response after that. Does yeah, that sense? rather than just talking to, yeah, for the sake of talking. It's really about like being in that present moment with your partner. Even if you are just talking about, I saw a cat today, I saw a dog, it was so cute. Like even super non-important really conversations like that can build the emotional intimacy. Yeah. Outside, uh, in our garden outside, there's some mushrooms growing. And Mia loves it because there's a fairy garden outside. And she's obsessed with this fairy garden. And every single day we check in on that. And it's such a little piece that you love. Yeah, so background information. A fairy garden is when mushrooms grow in a circle. And they say it's like, it's super. They could grow anywhere in any, like spreading out in any way they want. Yet they're growing in an exact circle around the garden outside our balcony. So I was like, it's a fairy garden. Yeah, and just even that, just me giving a shit about that and asking Mia about that, it's like makes her feel so loved because I'm interested in whatever she's interested in. Mm. And it's really important to have those little check-ins too. Like even if you're, if you're a guy and your girlfriend's talking about getting her hair done, getting her nails done, and you couldn't give a shit, actually pay interest and... Just because it's not important to you doesn't mean it's not important to your girlfriend. So it's really important to actually pay attention, ask deeper questions. And the other way around too, if your boyfriend loves golf or the football or darts, and, or darts and you couldn't give a shit, it's like pay attention anyway. Because if it's interesting to him and if it's important to him, then it should be important to you as well because you're both in this relationship together, right? Exactly. And it's not saying that you have to, it's like with the fairy garden, like I just make a comment like, oh, I'm going to go look at the fairy garden because we walk past it every time we walk to the beach and back home. But it's like, you could have easily just ignored that small comment that I made. Yeah. Yet you were like, oh, so exciting. Or you, however you were. <laughs> um, you exactly know, how I said it. Yeah, oh, so exciting. Um, however you even like, it made me feel acknowledged in that moment because I also knew that it's like something that he wouldn't necessarily care about. Mm. And then even with your darts tournament, <laughs> there was like the final World Cup. Yeah. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you were telling me all about the, oh, the second runner-up person. Yeah, the 16-year-old. Luke Littler, if you're listening to this and you know darts, <laughs> Luke the Nuke Littler made it to the final at 16 years old. Mm. And I was loving it. I was watching all the darts like every single morning. I can't wait to wake up and watch the darts. And Mia didn't really doesn't care any like doesn't care at all about darts but she cares that I was having a good time so every morning she'd come in she's like oh you're watching the darts today I was like yes I am it's like it's a two like two ways you could go about it like I could be so interested or like sit down and watch it with you however it's like I'm not that as interested as that yeah however I care enough about it 
because I care so much about you to actually ask, oh, what's happening? Like, what's the update? So mm. I don't have to sit down and watch every single Darts recap video with you. I yeah. just ask you how you're going because it's important to you. Yeah. And that's in building the emotional intimacy there. And you let me know about Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez, <laughs> gossip and that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, I couldn't give a shit about that lot, but yeah. Sometimes you care I'm a lot so about excited it. about it. And I'm like, oh my God. And then you, you just remind me how much people don't actually care about yeah me was like Mia saw went on my tiktok and looked at my feed and it was all like snooker darts football and then she was like i thought everyone's tiktok was just celebrities <laughs> and she's like nah that's just yours like full of celebrity gossip right yeah well i thought like i didn't think the whole thing was exact i knew there was different types of algorithms obviously i'm in marketing however I did think you'd get updates with like celebrity news because that's all what's on my um, newsfeed. Well, yeah, learned something new every day. Just found out I was a lot more interested in celebrities than I that's thought. That's like me being like, how, how have you not seen that the darts is on? Yeah, which I didn't even know that people watched before I met you. <laughs> did you know darts existed? Like, as a game in the pub. Yeah, right, okay. And that's about it. Yeah, it's like a massive sport now. They call it a sport, but they're all yeah. overweight. Well, now I've realized that. Oh, well, it's an arm movement, isn't it? They do move their arm, yeah. Okay, very <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so to go back into the levels of intimacy, when we go into, what was it? The intellectual intimacy. Mm. Something that we have seen work before is like if you are getting wanting to start implementing more intimacy within your relationship in all three of the areas, so one activity that you guys can start doing within your relationship for intellectual intimacy it's actually going and watching a podcast each week or going and reading a book each week of something that you're interested in and learning about then once a week you guys come together and share the knowledge that you've had I think that's yeah. something that you could probably dive into more because that's what you've brought into the beginning of our relationship yeah even this podcast if you wanted to improve your relationship send this podcast to your boyfriend, send this podcast to your girlfriend, and then just have a chat about it. Like, oh, when they were talking about the intimacy, where do you think we're lacking in the intimacy? What do you think we do well with intimacy? Like, have the conversations, send podcasts to each other about certain subjects you're interested in, and then come together and actually discuss it. It's so important to have those conversations, those intellectual conversations. They're intellectually stimulating, right? whatever you're interested in, send them different podcasts, send them different books and actually have that conversation. So many couples just say they have nothing to talk about. They'll go on a car journey and go like an hour long car, car journey and they'll have nothing to say really, just small talk all the time. And there's no real depth here. They're just talking about, oh, how was the day? How did you sleep last night? Rather than actually getting into the juicy topics. Exactly. I feel like when we're together, we just talk all the time. There's never enough time to talk is <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that we really realized in our converse, in our relationship like we're like we'd go on hours of walks and we'd be like we've spent all day together we've spoken all day we're on a walk and we still have so many things we're wanting to talk about it's like with girls you know when you catch up with your best friend and you haven't seen each other for weeks and you have so much to catch each other up on sometimes we go on walks and we've spent all day together like there's not a moment we have spent apart not talking mm. and we're still going on a walk like oh my god we have so many ideas we want to like there's so much that we want to say in one moment yeah because there's so much in the relationship because we're on a business together and we've got this podcast together and we want to go traveling want to have babies we want to get married we want to do all these things right 
So we just have so much to talk about. And we just talk into our future so much, right? Yeah, we have so much depth and certainty within each other and our future because we really speak into the future a lot as well. Yeah, so how can you do that with your partner? How can you have deeper conversations? How can you find what he's most interested in, what you're most interested in? How can you talk more into those subjects? How can you find common ground? How can you find goals in the future that really align for both of you, that get you excited? And how can you start, start to plot and move towards that, hold each other accountable maybe, just every single day, build up that intellectual intimacy by having more things to talk about. So that's really important for intellectual, for emotional intimacy. Make sure you just sat down and you're, not sat down, but make sure you're present with your partner when you have conversations. Often I find that men are so in their own head, worried about the future or thinking about the past, that they're not actually present with their partner because they're always go, go, go. I need to do more. I need to achieve more. I need to give more. I need to do more rather and than your girlfriend just wants you to be present. Yeah. And knowing that your women are naturally a lot more intuitive. So it's like your girlfriend can sense that you aren't present in the conversation. Yeah. If you have, even if you're conscious enough to be like, oh, how was your day, sweetie? And you're being quiet and you're not interrupting her. She can still tell if you are stressing about work and thinking about work, even if you're acting interested in the conversation, mm. she'll be able to feel that intuitively. So it's super important that you- Are fully in yeah, the conversation. Fully. And if you're not, talk about what's on your mind. Exactly. It's like if you've got things on your mind, if you're stressed about finances, if you're stressed about work being shit, if you're stressed about your friends or your family or the kids or your mum and dad, it's like talk to your girlfriend or boyfriend about that. It's so important to actually unload the things that are going on for you because that's getting in the way of you actually being present with your partner, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to be fully present, not thinking about the future, not worrying about the past, actually present. And if you can't do that, well, talk about the things that's going on in your head that's blocking you from doing that, right? Yeah, that's great. And then physical intimacy is topping up the touch every single day. You said a story yesterday about when you used to be a hairdresser back in the day or like oh, yeah. a barber and the physical intimacy with that. Yeah, yeah, tell the people about that. So when I grew up, it was a very small town. And even if it wasn't a small town, we'd have a lot of older people that would come in. So like a lot of older ladies would come in every single week and we'd wash their hair and do their hair for the week and they'd only get their hair done by us. They wouldn't do it at home. So every single week they'd come in and these ladies are quite old. Like they're a lot older. Their partners probably have passed away, passed away or they're just older. So their physical touch isn't that yeah. stimulated in the relationship. And so by them coming into the hairdressers and getting their hair washed and being pampered, it's probably the only time they're actually being touched throughout the week. Because like if they're, they're home by themselves, all their kids have moved out of the house, their husbands have passed away. And so simply by someone giving them like a head massage as they're washing their head mm. and curling their hair and things like that. It's like that was the only, probably the only sense of connection, like physical touch, connection. Yeah. yeah, touch that they've had all week. And probably sometimes the only time that they have that connection. Yeah. So even like when would older men would come in, maybe without it sounding strange, like older men would come in to get their hair cut once every two weeks. It's like, if that is the only time that they are having emotional connections with their partners, because being a farmer farming town, mm. it is, can get quite lonely if you are on a farm by yourself. So I would simply just like place my hands on 
their shoulders as I'm asking them what they'd like done for their haircut. Yeah. Because it's like that Just little, reassuring a lot yeah, of time. it's like that little touch can mean a lot to them. Not not saying that it needs to be from me. It could have been from anyone. Just having that emotional connection there. Yeah. And it's same with your relationship. Sometimes maybe a girlfriend doesn't want you to say sorry 50 times. She just wants to hug. Mm. That's a big thing. It's like maybe just physical touch can solve so many of your issues. If you just stopped apologizing and actually hugged her or asked her what she wanted. Yeah. To make her feel safe. Which yeah. then I think is a great segue into um, in a relationship there can be a lot of like trust and jealousy that can come up in the relationship. So what are some best ways for our listeners to overcome trust issues and jealousy? So trust and I start with trust. A lot of people think trust is just my girlfriend or my, my partner knows that I won't cheat on her. Like she can trust me that I won't sleep with anyone else. Like that's what most people think trust means. And yes, that is trust but there's so much more mm. than just that. Like you need to know that you can be your full self within the relationship. You need to trust your partner that they can take whatever you're going to say to them, that you can bring up any part of you, like the ugliest part of you. If you feel shame about something, if you feel sad about something, can you be all of yourself in front of your partner? Can you trust your partner to hold you in that relationship? Because imagine if I opened up to you about something and you shut me down or there was some judgment there, then that would break my trust and I'd feel less willing to open up in the future. Yeah. And a lot of people don't see that as trust. A lot of people just go into their little shell. They become less and less of themselves and the relationship becomes cold and less connected. And then over time, they end up breaking up. So it's so important to see that as trust as well of, can you bring your whole self to the relationship rather than just being your polished self? Yeah, I really love that because I don't know if I've said it in this podcast before, maybe a YouTube video. However, I used to think, when I'd get into a relationship, it's like how I used to live with one of my best friends. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm fully myself with her because we've been best friends for over 10 years. Like, oh, once I get into a relationship, I'll always make sure I look perfect and that I've always, everything's just put together. And then I realized, oh, I'm my exact self. (laughs) Like none of that change. I am my exact self when I am with Charlie. Because that is such a level and depth of trust that we have between each other. It's like, I trust that you're going to love me for all I am. Mm. And I also trust that you will come to me and tell me anything that's bothering you or on your mind. Yeah. Like imagine not opening up to your partner about something. They would, they would feel that, like especially women, they feel when you're not saying the whole story or there's something missing. Like you wouldn't trust someone if you were talking to them and they had one hand behind their back, right? Like you need to be fully exposed to your partner in the sense of, being open about what's going on for you Mm. and fully opening up. That's the deep level of trust, right? So it's really important to have that in the relationship. And it can really help you heal through things when you're fully open to your partner. Like imagine coming to a relationship and I have to wear makeup around my partner to be pretty. Then one day you don't wear makeup and your partner says that you're beautiful. All of a sudden you've broken that belief. You've become so much, you've built your self-worth so much and your self-love because your partner said how beautiful you are even though you're not wearing makeup. And then next minute, imagine you had body image issues. You thought you were fat, you didn't like your body. And then your partner sees you naked and says how beautiful you are. It's like that can build up your trust so much as well. There's Mm. so many levels to it, right? 100%. I really love all the examples you gave. That's such a common thing. Even 
in when I got into a relationship with you, I didn't necessarily wear makeup, but I did always wear mascara since I do have blonde hair. If I don't put on mascara, you yeah, cannot you see. Yeah, you always wear mascara. Hey? Yeah, he's like, you can't see my eyelashes. And then... You're a little ginger person. <laughs> not ginger, they're blonde. Um, and I remember, I remember the first time that uh, you saw me without mascara and it was because I was driving back to the Gold Coast from seeing my family that was three hours away. Then you're like, oh, like come to the beach and we'll catch up before you go home. And I remember I was so embarrassed that I was wanting to wear my sunglasses the whole time. And do you remember this? Mm, no, no, it was like ages ago. And so, and then you, I took off, for me, it's not so memorable because I remember I felt, I believe I'm a very confident person, but in that moment, I felt a little bit, un, um, what is it? Like sub- subconscious? Self-conscious. Self-conscious about it. Like, oh, my eyes look a little bit different. And then <laughs> I, I don't remember what you said, but you just like made some type of comment on it. Like not saying it was good or bad. It was just some type of comment. I that, noticed. Yeah, you probably just noticed. And I'm like, oh. And then now it's like, it's very rare for me. Like I'm wearing mascara right now. Mm. However, on the, on the daily, I mm. don't wear any makeup at all now. And then just feeling that you've accepted that so much. And I've also accepted that in myself because I wouldn't. Yeah. But I also go out in public now. Like I would go to the gym. I go everywhere without mascara. It's very rare for me to put mascara on now. Yeah, and I love that. And that's something you can do in your relationship. Like it's so much personal development and growth you can have in your relationship when you can strip back those layers to become who you truly are and not have to look perfect to your partner, not having to put on a front, not having to be so polished. So that's a big part of trust. So we spoke about trust not only being convincing my partner they won't, I won't sleep with anyone else, but also being able to be your full self as well. But what happens when you break trust in a relationship? Imagine you caught your partner messaging other girls or messaging their ex or maybe catching up with other girls or maybe your girlfriend still messages her ex. Like all these things can break trust, right? And sometimes people are totally unaware of where the trust line is. Everyone has a different trust line of what is breaking the trust. Because a lot of times a guy could be like, yeah, I'm still friends with my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend. Like I didn't see that as a problem. Whereas the girl could be like, that is so past the line of what's right. And it's really important for you two to actually define where the trust line is, right? Yeah. And establish that with yourself, like within mm. the relationship. Yeah, within yourself first. is like, what counts as breaking trust? Like breaking trust is just words, right? It's just noise out my mouth. But what does that mean to you? What does breaking trust mean to you in the relationship? So it's important for you to get clear on that yeah. and then come to your partner and be like, hey, this is actually not okay with me. Like, okay, cool, that's where the line is, but you need to establish that line. And so many people don't, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. Love it. And a lot of time, if trust can be broken in the past, like if your partner has slept with someone else or your partner has been messaging other people, it's like, what happens then? A lot of people have that insecurity of, I need to be reassured all the time. Anytime she's on her phone, I'm worried she's messaging another man. Anytime that he goes out with the boys, I'm worried that he's going to get with another girl. Like all these things, right? It's important. You have two options at that moment. It's like you need to commit to fully getting over this problem and fully committing to the relationship or you need to break up because the worst thing you can do is stay in that relationship and constantly hold that over the other person's head. 
Constantly make the other person feel guilty. Never get over that. Constantly playing the victim. A lot of people love playing the victim in their relationship. But if you've been cheated on, it's really important that you're committed to getting over that problem. Yes, you can still bring it up if it's still playing on your mind, but don't just bring it up to spite the other person. Don't make nasty comments. Don't do this thing. Don't hold it over that partner's head the whole time. Like, yes, that partner fucked up. If that partner has remorse, it's like, cool, you have to make a decision whether you're going to break up or you're going to actually work through that issue, right? Yeah, and then on top of that as well, it's like, yes, exactly what you were saying. It's like, it's your choice if you're wanting to break up from this point or if you're going to decide to trust them and move forward. And then with that, if it is something as big as someone sleeping with someone else or going out, like texting another girl or something like that, it is okay for you. Like it's a net, it can come up in your mind of like, oh, something may trigger it a couple weeks later that then you re- remind yourself of that feeling of what it felt like when mm. and he was texting another girl or that you were texting another guy or whatever it is. It is okay for you to bring that up with your partner again. Mm. It's like, it is okay for you to be like, hey, this... Made like, me feel uneasy. Yeah, it's like, oh, today I was really thinking about what happened. And it's just like literally asking in telling your partner that because that way it's like you're opening up the air. Does that make sense? Like you're clearing up the air. It's like rather it going in a circle in your mind being like, is he doing it again? Is she or him? Like, is she texting other guys? And it's like swirling around in your brain. If you just have that conversation and just get that reassurance from your partner to be like, no, I'm not talking to anyone else Mm. or no, like this was a one-time thing and it would never happen again. And it just build that trust again does that make sense it's like me being able to come to you being like hey hey, is this happening and then you being able to be open enough to be like no this isn't happening and then it's from that point that you trust your partner and then a couple days later maybe it is even the next day if it's just happened it's come up in your mind again and you just need that reassurance sometimes if you have messed up in your relationship then it is your responsibility to be there for her or be there for him when they're need, needing that reassurance yeah. until they've moved past it because it's not if something has really badly happened of like someone sleeping with somebody else or went out on a lad's weekend or something like that. Yeah. It is like you have damaged the relationship and then it's up to both of you to rebuild it. And it's not just a simple conversation. It can keep coming up, up until it's fully healed, but there is pr- a process to that. Yeah, 100%. And it's okay to ask for reassurance in your relationship. Like, don't think you're crazy. Don't think you're insecure. Don't think you're needy just because you need that reassurance at that time. It's like, if it's coming up in your head, it's going to damage the relationship anyway by it being in your head. So you might as well bring it up to your partner. And the trust-breaking piece, it's like, what are you seeking outside the relationship? You can use that as such a mirror of like, if I'm seeking this outside the relationship what's missing in my relationship if i'm wanting to text another girl what's missing there if i'm wanting to sleep with another guy what's missing in my relationship maybe me feeling the need to sleep with another guy is me not feeling loved in my relationship me not having enough attention me not thinking me not being admired enough in my relationship Mm -hmm. so you need to see what's missing in your relationship for you to want to go outside of it right yeah exactly And then when we talk about jealousy, what are your thoughts on? Yeah, a lot of the time, it's like the person with the most jealousy in a relationship is the person with the lowest self-worth in the relationship. Mm -hmm. 
what I feel all the time. Yeah, I, I believe jealousy is very much a, there's a section of trust, but when <clears> it comes to jealousy, it's you have a fear of not being enough. Yeah, you see your partner as more high value to the world. Like if we broke up, he'd easily find someone else and I'd never be happy again. Or she'd easily go out and find another partner and I'll never find anyone again. Mm-hmm. Like when you hold on so tight to relationship and there's any sense of threat, you're going to get jealous, right? Mm. You're going to be jealous that your partner's talking to another man. Like it's so backwards where like guys can't have female friends or women can't have male friends. It's like there can be that platonic relationship. But when your partner's very insecure and jealous easily, that means there's not a very secure relationship there. Yeah. So you need to actually build up that trust in the relationship to overcome that jealousy mm. and see the worth in yourself, right? Like you need to... You, I always say, like, you need to know in your relationship, if we broke up, I would be okay. If we broke up, I could be happy again. You need to know that within yourself. Even, like, I know that within myself. Mia knows that within myself. Like, if we broke up, we'd both still be happy on our own. And that brings so much security to the relationship. I don't feel jealousy. I don't feel insecurity because I know I'm so secure in myself. Exactly. And people need to build that up, right? Yeah, and it's definitely a practice since <clears throat> we do see a lot of people, especially in their teens to 20, like 20 year olds as well, that are still carrying trust issues or jealousy issues. And they're saying all of that is okay to just keep carrying into each new relationship they get into without taking that full responsibility Mm. that they are in control to rebuild their own trust within themselves and within their partnerships. And to realize that the jealousy that they're facing within a relationship is their own fear of not being enough. And those mm. are all things that they can work on themselves. Yeah. It's like I have heard, heard a couple things lately that it's like he, a person being super jealous and reactive in their new relationship and justifying it because of their past relationship. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I look at that and it's like, you have responsibility to heal that. You can talk to your partner about it and actually get, get coaching and work through it however if you're not doing anything to fix it you can't keep just people love playing the victim though. yeah you can't just like keep putting a band-aid on it to be like oh it's because of what's happened in my past relationships for why i'm acting this way now that can be the case but if you're not doing anything to move hear, past it yeah move past it you're just damaging the current relationship yeah and if you you added a great quote where it's like unhealed wounds from the past bleed on the next people you meet and it's so true sometimes the person you need to move past and forgive is your ex-partner if you have trust issues in your current relationship maybe it was created in your old relationship so it's important to go back and forgive your ex because all it's doing is hurting your current relationship i was talking to one of my clients and he always labeled himself as trust issues and I always have this jealousy and it's because I got cheated on in my ex in, in my old relationship. And it's like, cool, are you wanting that to drag into your current relationship? He was like, no, I wish I wasn't so jealous. I wish I had trust for my partner, but I just can't. I was like, cool, you need to do some work. You need to go back to that time with your ex-girlfriend, see the situation and then see what part you had to play in it. Because you'll never move past an issue unless you take responsibility for your side of it. So going back to that old relationship and seeing that side of like, oh, I can see I didn't make my girlfriend feel loved at that time. I was prioritizing work. I wasn't 
making the effort. I wasn't making her feel special. I can see why she wanted to sleep with someone else because all she wanted to do was feel loved. I was like, cool, can you see that? Can you take responsibility? Awesome, can you see now in your current relationship, how can you build up that trust? How can you make your girlfriend feel loved and appreciated? It's like, oh, I could do this, this, this. It's like, awesome. And then slowly you build up that trust, right? Mm -hmm. It's so important for people to actually have coaching around this stuff because they're just fucking up their current relationship. And we see way too many times that people are using so many excuses just as a band-aid in, over things. Oh, it's so easy. It's yeah. way easier to be a victim than actually work through your own shit. Yeah, it's such an easy cop-out. Yeah. So we are going into what happens when one of your... One, what happens when one of you checks out of the relationship? This is such a cool one. Okay, so this is a question that I'm going to read out. So, well, would you like to read it? You can read it. Okay. So it is, I'm reaching out for help. I've been with my boyfriend four years and we have a house together and things have been up and down. We have sought counseling, but have only had two sessions and the counselor says he is avoidant and I am anxious. My and I, I'm guessing that's him and I had a chat this morning. He says he, he says we don't have a connection or warmth and I agree I suggest, <laughs> sorry, Charlie's gone up to get some water. <laughs> I suggested practical things we can do to work on this. However, he shut them all down. He told me he has mentally checked out of the relationship. I suggest we split up if that's the case, but he wanted to keep talking. Like just even if they broke up, they wanted to keep on talking anyway. I told him that leaves me in a difficult situation and in limbo. I can't make him try, as in she can't make him try to fix the relationship and I can't sit in the current situation. I'm currently 34 and I'd like to have a family someday. And any guy that is listening, 34 is quite late for women to have children. So it's already the hurt. She has a time yeah, limit. The, the body clock starts to kick in. Exactly. And going back to the story, I don't know how to respond to this. Please, if you have any advice, I would really appreciate it. Cool. So what happens when one partner checks out? Well, in this case, the woman needs to just back away from that relationship and leave that guy and cut off all connections. If he's not willing to work through the issues and he's still holding on to that relationship. He wants the best of both worlds. He wants to not be involved in that relationship and keep his options open while also making sure that she's available. Hmm. It's so toxic and it's not a very good pattern because like, he wants to be able to have his options open, go out and meet other people and not be in that relationship. But also he wants to make sure that she's available as like a last case scenario. Yeah, it's like always wants to make sure that he still has her as an option just in case, yet I'm wanting to find someone better. But mm. in those moments when someone better isn't talking to me or giving me attention, I know I can go to you and you're going to give me attention. That's how I see it. Yeah, so if one partner checks out, it's like maybe you need to break up. And in this situation in particular, where she is talking about like she is 34 and she is wanting to have kids and they have been together already for four years, Sometimes a lot of women at that age, and even if they've just been in a long-term relationship, they're not wanting to have to do all of that again in a new relationship. Mm. And then even when 
you start thinking about wanting a family and then your body clock kicking in and having a time limit potentially on when you when you can have your own kids it's like you're not wanting sometimes women decide to stay in their current relationship even if it's not the healthiest one Mm. just so they can have a potential family with them however that couldn't be more unhealthy for a it's such a such a situation isn't it when the woman's maybe in her mid-30s the relationship isn't great but I don't know if I'll find anyone else in time for me to actually have kids. So it's like, oh, do I, what's more important, kids or being happy in a relationship? And it's such a piece for a lot of women. And there's a lot of childless women who are childless by circumstance rather than by choice. Like so many women wanted kids, but they probably couldn't find the right partner in time or they prioritized work over something else. So you gotta understand as men, like when you're in a relationship with a woman and she's like 30, she's 35 and she's has this maternal instinct and she wants children. It's like show up for that woman, be the man you know you can be rather than pissing around and keeping her guessing, actually build some security under you, give her certainty in that relationship. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, so checking out relationship, it can also happen when two people are together and then one person starts to disconnect from the relationship, you feel yourself growing apart. So it's really important to build up the three levels of intimacy like we spoke about earlier, of staying connected in that relationship, figuring out what's going on inside their head, right? Like knowing what's going on inside the other person's world rather than guessing. Exactly, so to wrap up what happens when one of the people check out of the relationship, I believe the first question is, are you both wanting this relationship? It's Mm. like in this case scenario, it sounds like he's not wanting the relationship. Mm. So it's like they've shared that he's feel is disconnected or checked out of the relationship. And if they ask themselves the first question, are you wanting this relationship? I I believe from her perspective, she's wanting this relationship. And from his perspective, he's just no longer wanting the relationship. Like some people in a relationship can check out of the relationship, yet they're still wanting the relationship. It's just lately circumstances of life have been too inconvenient and they've allowed that to take over. So they've checked mm. out. Yeah. And you can absolutely bring that back. Yeah. And by it's about checking the, in. Yeah. yeah it's about like you, doing the intimacy, right? Yeah. Sorry to butt in there. It's like, if the answer is yes, that you're both wanting this relationship to work then it is putting in that effort and rebuilding the different levels of intimacy and that would be the first step yeah that intimacy is always the first step in the relationship you need to have that closeness and that connection and know what's going on the inside that other person's head and how they're feeling and making them feel loved and then from that point you're actually connected enough to have some security to have some certainty in the relationship so that's so so important Cool, to wrap this up, what are you excited about this week, Mia Cherry? This week, yesterday, I really organized my whole week and I'm very organized. So I'm very excited to really follow my calendar this week and be just super intentional with each of my days of like meaning three hours of focus work, no distractions, have lunch, three hours of focus work, and then have the rest of the afternoon as me time rather Mm. than just having work intertwined with everything like I'm really being intentional this week and scheduling out my time so I'm excited for that yeah I find myself sometimes getting in a hole of I'll work all day like it'll be like 12 14 hours of work 
but it's not high quality work because I'm distracted. I'm doing other things rather than doing those two, three hour blocks where you're fully focused on work and nothing else. Like you can get so much more done. So yeah, I'm really excited to implement that too. And <laughs> Still in my ideas. <laughs> yeah, I want to play basketball again this week. So mm. I don't have to make the bed next week. <laughs> That's a big one. Or just make you make the bed. <laughs> you make me, you don't, you, you don't make me make the bed every day, but I make the bed every day anyway. Yeah. Maybe we just don't play basketball and it just goes back <laughs> yeah, to how it used like, to be. We'll play basketball every week and then Charlie will lose every week and have to make the bed for the rest of the year. Yeah. So I'm excited to not have to make the bed. That's something definitely. We could do one of like who has to cook breakfast every morning. Yeah, we can do that. I think that would be, and cook breakfast and wash up. Oh, bad one. So that is it. The three levels of intimacy, overcoming trust and jealousy. And then what happens when one of you checks out? Hope you enjoyed that one. We'll be back with a podcast every single week. So check in on Mondays, come catch up with us and learn some more juicy stuff to help your relationship. See you later, guys.